Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This is the Action Network Podcast. And this one is good. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> Welcome to the Action Network NFL Podcast. We are back to continue talking NFC win totals with the NFC South and the NFC West. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, my guy Stucky, as well as the homie Sean Kerner, coming over to join us yet again from the Fantasy Flex Let's uh, yeah, let's get right into the NFC South. I'll start at the top, and uh, Sean, since we already saw the, you know, we've been talking a lot. I'll start with Stuck. Stuck, twelve and a half is the win total for the Tampa Bay Bucks. The over is juiced to plus one fifteen. How are you feeling about this Bucks team that got pretty much everyone back from that Super Bowl run? Yeah, I mean, what is what is there really to talk about? It's probably the most boring team in the NFL this year, like from a free season perspective. They return every starter. They won the Super Bowl. But, yeah, I really wanted to like the under. I mean, look, they just won. They went on a big run at the end of the year, and I thought they were going to be overinflated. I mean, I'm right at 12. You know, the under 12 and a half is juiced to, uh, is juiced to the under. If you look at their schedule, this is a team that won the Super Bowl. Uh, their schedule, I have, is the 24th, you know, ranked schedule. So it's a pretty easy schedule. And can they run it back? I mean, I guess the question with them, I love their defense. It's just another – I mean, everything is back. We don't need to go too much into – They won 11 games last year. Their, the bagger wins were 11.2. Um, they have a good bye week in week nine. Um, they do only have eight home games. I guess the only concern would be – they know how good they are, and there's such, you know, you have Tom Brady coast early on. You know, do they get upset by the Cowboys and they take a couple losses early on, you know, kind of a Super Bowl hangover. They'll be there in the end. I think the win total is about right. They just want to avoid injuries, um, and they'll try to run it back. It's just a really uninteresting team to me because we know who they are, and they're basically the exact same team as last year. Special no, teams are bad. That's what I could say about them. They're special teams. <laughs> there you oh, go. Sound, yeah, one down. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really mentioned special teams yet. I think that was the first mention in, in this whole you know few podcasts. So I'm surprised. I would have had the uh, the over. But uh, Sean, any thoughts on this Tampa Bay team coming off the Super Bowl win? Yeah, there, there's not much uh, to say in, in terms of like negative things because they're the only team that finished in the top five in both offensive and defensive DVOA last year. They return all 22 starters coming off a Super Bowl win. 
Um, so, you know, what, what is there not to like, it, it kind of feels like a trap, honestly. Um, you know, last year they enjoyed the best injury luck of 2021. Although I guess if you factor in that Tom Brady was apparently playing with like a torn MCL or something, maybe they're going to be better this year if he's a hundred percent. The only way I see this team really failing is if, you know, Tom Brady gets hurt, obviously, or he finally starts to decline at 44, but you know, there's really no evidence to suggest that he's going to drop off um, this year. So, you know, I do like them. I'm, I'm pretty much in line with this total. I, I can never bring myself to bet the over 12 and a half on a team, but um, a couple months ago when I started, you know, running my Sims and doing my power ratings, um, I took them to win this division at minus 165. I thought it was ridiculous. Um, now it's up, up over minus 300. So the value has gone, uh, but you know, they can win this division even with just 10 to 11 wins. So that's why I like betting them to win, but yeah, they, they need a lot to go wrong. Um, I mentioned they had the best injury luck last year, but even if they do get hit with injuries this year, their depth is so ridiculous. They can survive even a couple injuries. So yeah, it's hard to really uh, nitpick this team. They're, they're the number one team, I think going into the season. So uh, this is still a pass for me though. I think Tampa Bay has a really good shot to go like 16 and one, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, it, it's nuts. Cause I was kind of with you stuck. I was, Thinking that, you know, as a better Tampa Bay wins the Super Bowl, goes on a late run. And I thought they would be overvalued, but I look at the schedule and I'm going to read the schedule off just to kind of give the full emphasis of the upside for this team. Dallas. Okay. That's a pretty, one of the they more. Could lose, tough, they could lose that yeah, game. No, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's probably one of the two toughest games uh, on the schedule. Uh, so yeah, Dallas. Atlanta at the Rams, that's that's reasonably tough. At New England, Miami at Philly, Chicago at New Orleans, then the bye at Washington, the Giants at Indy, at Atlanta, Buffalo, that's another tough one. New Orleans at Carolina, at the Jets, and Carolina. I mean, this is a team that could really go 14, 15 wins into the season maybe probably have nothing to play for in week 18, maybe even week 17. Uh, So what I think is interesting is, yeah, it's not really sexy to bet over 12 and a half wins, but I was looking at their conference odds to win the NFC and they're, they're plus 300 at bet MGM. They're obviously the favorite. And usually I look at the top of the board and those are the teams I'm fading, but Tom Brady has made it to the Super Bowl. In 10 of his 21 seasons, that's just under 50%. The odds imply a 25% chance. I get regression. I get that. You know, I get outliers. But you're talking about almost double the odds of what Tom Brady has done over his entire 20-year career. So I actually like betting Tampa Bay. Just, Sean, like you like betting the division. Um, I think that's smart as well. I like betting Tampa Bay to win the conference. Will they win the Super Bowl? I don't know. But Tom Brady's gotten there in almost half of his of his professional season. So I think there's actually some value on the favorite to win the conference. So that's how I'm attacking Tampa Bay. But I, I have no, if you're going to bet the over 12 and a half, I really can't argue with it because I see 14, 15 wins for this team, uh, you know, at, at a ceiling. And I think, you know, 13 is is still more like a median. So. Uh, I, yeah, there's, there's not much to say about this team, uh, except they lucked out on the schedule last year. They, they had a tough schedule. And I think that, that combined with, you know, a lot of new pieces moving, you know, moving parts, took some time to get acclimated. 
uh, that contributed to their struggles, but they, they really caught a break in terms of the, the schedule this year. So, yeah. So I, I mean, I bet MGM, they offer a line for every win total. So if you want like over 14 and a half at plus 400, I think that would fit in line with what you're saying, Ray Bond, yeah. just invest in their ceiling, and get the best price. So I think like over 14 and a half plus 400, I think would be a way to go. Yeah, you got it. That's a great call because that's what I really want to attack for, for Tampa Bay is, you know, the conference at plus 300, you know, over 14 and a half at plus 400. There's ways to attack this team with juicy odds still. So uh, that's how I think you you got to do it. 12 and a half on the win total. It's not really as much upside there, especially when you could get to, you know, the division, even if they go under that, that win total, um, because it, it's, there's really a chasm between them and, and whoever you think is the next best team, probably I would say the Saints, but uh, there's a big gap there. You know, the way where it goes wrong with the win total is if, like I said, they, there's like a, a little Super Bowl hangover. They just, you know, they know how good they are and they start one and three, mm-hmm. right? So they lose at, they lose opening night, the Cowboys. They could lose at the Rams. And yeah. then that New England game, I mean, that game's going to be wild. Um, I can't wait for that one just to, to Belichick, Brady, you know, they start one and three and then they pick it up along those lines. I'll just throw out a survivor tip. Like I'm not using the bucks in the first like four or five weeks thinking that they might maybe drop a game just, you know, all because of that Super Bowl hangover. And I obviously want to keep them for later in the season. So I'm hoping that, you know, the bucks either like, you know, they, they lose to the Cowboys and it knocks out a bunch of people in the survivor pool. Um, so I'm avoiding them early survivor wise, but that's enough for me out of the box. Yeah. I, 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 I see a lot of points in that game. I see that being a high scoring game. Uh, let's move on to the New Orleans Saints, who are in second place in terms of the win totals at BetMGM. Eight and a half is the total, minus 150. It is juiced toward the over. Sean, I'll start with you. Looks like Jameis Winston is going to be behind center in week one for the Bucks, beating out Taysom Hill. Uh, still no Michael Thomas, but how are you feeling about this Saints team that's going to look a lot different from what we've seen uh, over these past uh, this past decade plus? Yeah, I, I like the under eight and a half here at plus one twenty five. I, I sort of figured Jameis Winston would start Week One, um, but you know, last year they had the fourth best injury luck, um, and they're moving on from a first bout Hall of Famer. Um, say what you will about Drew Brees and how he finishes career. You know, I, I think it's safe to say this this team is going to start to, you know, take a downturn, um, especially with Michael Thomas injured. This is one of the worst wide receiver units um, in the league. Marquez hey, Callaway. Don't sleep on Marquez Callaway. I'm saying he's look good, but still. Even ripping it up. Good, they, they don't really have much else. Um, so it makes me think that Taysom Hill may be the better fit um, until Michael Thomas comes back. You know, they have arguably a top 5-0 line. Solid running back duo with Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. A uh, really solid defense. You know, they were number two in DVOA last year. So why not become more of a power football team? Um, so, you know, I think Jameis Winston, similar to Ryan Fitzpatrick, he just spans the range of outcomes for this team. I think there's more potential of an implosion here. Um, either way, head coach Sean Payton should be able to get the most out of this offense. But, you know, moving on from Drew Brees, I think this this is a team that's probably trending towards a rebuild. Um, so I'm projecting them closer to an eight and nine team. I like getting the plus one twenty five on the under here. Um, but yeah, this is one of my favorite bets uh, of this division. Becky, where are you on these New Orleans Saints? Yeah, I would I would lean under as well. I mean, they just they lost so much. I mean, the offensive line is still elite. They still have two really good safeties. But you know, you lose Thomas, you lose your quarterback. 
defense loses, you know, key pieces all over. You lose Hendrickson, you lose Jenkins, Malcolm Brown, Rankins, Anzalone. That cornerback two position is still a major question mark. So, you know, you know, outside, you know, on the opposite side of Cam Jordan, is, is he going to get help? There's just a lot that they lost. They're going to maybe need rookies at, at linebacker to step up. Maybe Turner at defensive end, another rookie. So there's there's holes on this defense now. It still should be a, a pretty good defense, and it'll be well coached. Um, but it's definitely going to take a step back based off of the losses. I think it's going to be Ken Crawley. I mean, Patrick is Patrick Robinson even is Patrick Robinson hurt? I don't even know if he's still on the. Did he uh, retire? Yeah, I think a couple of weeks ago it was like maybe Patrick Robinson who's like 35 was going to be cornerback too. That's a that was a scary thought. That shows you how bad cornerback situation is. I think it's going to end up being Ken Crawley or maybe a rookie, a Paulson Adebo from Stanford will have to start. Um, you know, they're going to play a lot of man defense too. The Saints they played as much man as anyone in the league last year. You know, they were very healthy last year, plus nine turnovers. Special teams is also going to drop. Maybe I'll get a special teams mention. In yeah, Lutz is hurt. Lutz is hurt. Lutz is hurt. He's out eight weeks, and they lose one of the their best the best punters in the league. Um, so special teams are going to take a drop. So you know, with these underwhelming receivers, it's going to be tough. I mean, I'm, I'm I show value on the under. I trust. You know, it's it's a tough schedule too. I trust Peyton to keep them competitive. So they'll probably be you know around to have a shot at the wild card, but if things go bad with Winston, who knows? There's, there is a low floor here. It's under or nothing for me with the saints. Yeah. It, this is a tough, I, I I'm staying away because I can't bring myself to bet the under uh, for a team that top, you know, pretty, very good offensive line, very good coaching. Uh, still one of the best, even with, you know, the offense in flux, still one of the best offensive playmakers in football and Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, the Saints are the type of team that just when you think the cupboard is bare, they tend to find guys out of nowhere, like at wide receiver. Remember, you know, Colston was a, a really late pick. You know, Willie Sneed came out of nowhere. It was very productive for them. Like the Saints do this. So I think Callaway can hold down the fort. They got Juwan Johnson with the position switch to tight end. I think they'll figure out a way to get it done. The coaching's very good. Um, but I am wor- a little worried about the schedule because you got Green Bay, you got you go to Foxborough in week three, uh, you know, you go to Washington right before the bye, then come out of it uh, in Seattle. Then you play Tampa Bay. Uh, you, you get an easy one against Atlanta, but then you go to Tennessee. Two weeks later, it's Buffalo, then Dallas, Tampa Bay again a couple weeks after that. So, um, you know. Close the, they closed the year with Miami, Carolina, and at Atlanta. That they could conceivably, you know, two of those are at home. And Atlanta's on the road. They could conceivably go three and zero there. But I, the schedule is going to make it a sweat. But I think people will be uh, relatively surprised at how well the Saints function. Because remember, you know, they had Taysom Hill, and and they still were able. I know they had, you know, they played that Denver team, but you know, things went. R- a lot smoother than people thought, even in that stretch with Taysom Hill and uh, you know, Jameis beat him out for the job. He's a more fun, like a more traditional quarterback. I think the coaching will work out with him. I don't think Jameis will completely implode. Um, I've liked what I've seen out of him. So yeah, I think, I think the Saints are going to surprise some people, but I still think the over is a, a tough a tough sell just because of the, the, the schedule is going to make it a sweat. So you mentioned this with uh, Turner, you mentioned having Fitzpatrick's a good thing for the tougher games. I mean, 
Jameis Winston is the ultimate mm-hmm. high variance quarterback. So for some of these, you know, tougher games, and that's, that's what makes them tough to project. It's one, okay, is it going to be Winston all year long? Two, you know that he's awful as a favorite and he's really good as an underdog. So you know that he's probably going to cost his team a couple games uh, just with, a, you know, an inordinate amount of interceptions. And then he's probably going to pull off a couple upsets when he's just electric. Yeah. If, the problem if, is I just don't know if they have the receivers with a Thomas out. <laughs> yeah. If Peyton Smart, he'll start Winston when they're an underdog and Taysom yeah. Hill when they're facing, you know, Kendall yeah. Hill, quarterback in Denver, why would you <laughs> bother starting the way to go. So if he's smart, he could use his quarterback duo, um, you know, take advantage of that. That's brilliant. I mean, honestly, I, I mean, I've been on record saying I thought Taysom was going to win the job, not because I thought he should, but just because Sean Payton has been just such a man crush on Taysom Hill. But I actually think that within the scheme of this Saints team, I think that they're going to get the best out of Jameis. And I don't think you're going to see that same reckless player that you saw in Tampa Bay. Because remember, like – that scheme, especially when he really, you know, went crazy with that big touchdown interception year, uh, that was Bruce Arians. And they're all about taking risk, no risk it, no biscuit, you know, go downfield. I mean, you even saw Tom Brady, you know, his A dot went way up last year, his interception rate went up. That's just how they play. But New Orleans, they figured out a way to kind of make Drew Brees, you know, even as his arm strength was nothing, still be the most efficient quarterback of all time. Now, I know that's Drew Brees, but this team has a way to a different way of doing things than and that, that they can kind of to compare to what in Tampa Bay, there was really that option wasn't there. It was just like, yo, go out there, throw the ball downfield, but don't, but don't throw pick. And he would just throw picks. And so I, I think we're going to see a good, uh, a good year out of Jameis. I don't think we're going to see like a disaster Tampa Bay Jameis uh, this year. That's just, that's just a gut call though. That's not, you know, obviously we, we, we know the track record, but that that's my gut feel here. Let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons. This team is cat trapped. This team is a team that we've seen it in the preseason. They've gotten blown out twice already. Uh, as we record this, they haven't played their third preseason game yet, but you can really see the depth lacking and so I would worry about this team, um, you know, if I'm betting a win total over, you know, even if they, you know, I think out, uh, Arthur Smith is a pretty good coach. I think, you know, obviously the quarterback is fine and they have Kyle Pitts, but I think the defense is going to be a problem. And I really think that they're in a tough spot to withstand any injuries, just given their lack of depth. But uh, Sean, how are you feeling about these 2021 Falcons? Yeah, they're they're a tough team right now because, like you said, they're kind of in this purgatory where they're not, you know, a basement team, but they're not a Super Bowl contender. Um, and they definitely played a lot better than their four and twelve record mm-hmm. last year. If you look at average game time with the lead last year, they're one of twelve teams who average over twenty eight plus minutes with a lead last year. Um, and all other teams uh, with uh, an average that high won ten or more games, and the Falcons won four. So, you know, whether that was bad luck or just bad coaching decisions by Dan Quinn, I think they're due to bounce back um, with Arthur Smith. You know, they had the toughest schedule last season. This year, they have the 11th easiest. So there's a lot of things I think are going in their favor. But, yeah, it's it, it's really hard to see how this team can be, you know, a winning team with the, the offensive line, with the defensive questions. You know, they have Grady Jarrett and Deion Jones are great on defense, but not much behind them. So there's a lot of question marks there. Um, despite losing Julio Jones, I think this offense could be surprisingly good. You know, they still have Calvin Ridley, who's more than capable 
of being a number one wide receiver. They have a generational talent in Kyle Pitts at tight end. So, you know, and Matt Ryan still probably has a couple of good years left in the tank. So they should be able to put up enough points to keep them in the games. And maybe we'll see this close game, what kind of swing their way this year. Um, so I'm in line with the market. If I, if I had to pick a side here, I would just lean over seven and a half just based on all the various reasons, but yeah, it's, it's a franchise that's going in the wrong direction. So it's hard to feel safe or confident about the over, but like I said, I'm a bit bearish on the saints. So that's why I think I'm more comfortable taking an over on a team like the Falcons. But um, yeah, I think the line's pretty, pretty good. Where are you on this Falcon team stuff? Yeah, I, I'm, I, I was surprised. I project like seven, not 7.9 wins. Um, so I would lean over, not enough to play it. But yeah, last year their Pythagorean wins total was seven and a half. They won four games. That has to be the highest of all time. I don't know. Yeah, and their, the their point there. differential was basically the same as the the Browns last year. Yeah, the Browns won eleven games. Uh, it's a pretty easy schedule. It's a lot schedule's a lot easier. I mean, they they blew five fourth quarter leads last year. I mean, and collapses, complete collapses in games they should have won. I think the coaching change there will help just alleviate some of those meltdowns. They do have seven home, only seven home games. They have 10 road games if you count UK. Uh, so they go to London for a game. They have the second hot most travel, net travel, I think only behind the 49ers. So that's not ideal, especially with a bye, early bye week in week six. So fatigue and with that depth, that does concern me a bit. But I think the coaching changes are all going to be favorable. I think Arthur Smith coming in here with this offense, some questions on the interior offensive line at, at you know left guard and center, but if – they can, you know, I think the offense is going to be fine. They're going to run, they're going to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, you know, can Mike Davis hold up and with the, in the wide zone attack, they're going to run more play action, more motion, pre-snap motion. I think all those things are going to help. More 12 and 13 personnel bringing Kyle Pitts. I think their offense is going to be fine. You have quarter out Patterson is a, you know, kind of a gadget guy. And then Dean Peace on the defensive side, Dean Peace is anywhere he's gone the first two years. His scheme has just bumped up the production of the defense. He's going to blitz a ton. He's going to compensate for the lack of personnel. They don't have elite edge rushers here. Well, neither did Tennessee. And the first year where Peace was at Tennessee, their defense played very well, a lot better than it has the last couple of years. So, you know, can, what can he do with, you know, really they're starting over at safety. Harmon really does fit his scheme, likes to run a lot of three safeties. But someone has to step up a corner. You know, you bring in Moreau, you got Sheffield, Oliver, Terrell. I mean, someone's got to step up a corner for this team to get stops. Uh, maybe a way to go with Atlanta is plus 200, plus 210 to make the playoffs as a wildcard team. It's a pretty top-heavy NFC. You know, and if the Saints were kind of lower on the Saints, you look at the NFC South, I mean, we just basically think it's the Packers, the winner of the NFC East gets in. I mean, how many teams can make it from the NFC West? So if Atlanta gets to eight, you know, wins, nine wins, and things work out with the defensive scheme, you know, and the offense I think will be fine. Maybe the way to go is them to make the playoffs. If not, I think it's a pass looks about right from a win total perspective. Yeah, I would definitely like look for something. It's another team I would play to the extremes. I lean under on this team. So, you know, I would feel more comfortable going under the win total at the plus, you know, it's plus 125 juice. But if you're bullish on them, I still don't think you bet this team to get eight wins just because of the depth issues. And and it could go wrong really fast. And if it goes wrong, uh, it's going to look really bad, you know, even though there are some some good pieces there. So I think you just kind of want to get a little more well compensated uh, if you're betting on this team's upside than just kind of sneaking over a juiced up win total to get to 
to eight wins. So that that's how I would approach it. Um, but I am, again, I'm, I'm pretty bearish on them um, just because I think, I just don't think this team can make it through a, a full season. And, and I am a little higher on the saints than most. I just, I, I think the saints could still, still conceivably sweep the Falcons, um, you know, even with the saints losing what they did. So um, not really touching the Falcons from a, from an over perspective, but uh, let's talk about the Panthers because this is interesting to me. I feel like every year there's a, there's usually one, two, maybe three teams that try to sell their fan bases on some reclamation trash quarterback project. And like, it almost always fails. The Broncos have been you know, doing this a lot over the years, you know, um, and, and now Sam Darnold goes to Carolina and all of a sudden like, oh, this is going to be great for Sam Darnold. Like he's a, now he's all of a sudden like this respectable starting quarterback. I'm not buying it. Sam Darnold is bottom, you know, bottom of tier in every pretty much every conceivable quarterback metric, whether you compare him to other starters over his tenure, whether you compare him to his draft class. Uh, I just don't think that you give yourself uh, much of an edge with a quarterback, with a, you know, a guy who's at best a ceiling that is what, maybe the 16th, 15th best quarterback in the league. I'm talking about a, a straight up ceiling, uh, but you know, maybe I'm too bearish you know, some a lot of people tend to like the Panthers. So, Stuggy, talk to me about this Panther team because I'm not buying it. Just like it's it just Teddy Bridgewater all over again. What do you go like four and eleven as a starter last year? Like I'm just not buying it. Yeah, it's a uh, it's an interesting team because there's it's basically polar opposite arguments. It's basically what you think was to blame for Sam Darnold, who has declined every year. But do you say that it was all Adam Gase, or and you know the lack of offensive line, the lack of weapons? Or was it a mix of both? You know, there's some people that just say it was all out of Gates. I mean, you got to remember, Gates also had Tannehill, who was just nothing, and he left Gates and then became, you know, a top-tier quarterback. Um, I tend to think that Darnold is not a great quarterback from everything that I've seen, but who knows? He was just might have just been in a bad situation, and this is what he needed. I, I'm a big fan of Rule. I like Joe Brady. Um, but, again, he's not going to have a great offensive line here, which isn't going to help. So I'm in the camp that – it's not just plug in Darnold and either the change of scenery and everything's going to be fine. So I'm lower on Carolina than others. I, I like some of the things they did on defense, a defense that, you know, they gave a ton of snaps to rookies last year. So mm-hmm. I expect some improvement. You know, there's, there's more depth on the de- uh, defensive end and interior of the defensive line. They got to really rely on JC Horn. I think um, mm-hmm. you're going to need him. Uh, look, I never trust rookie corners. Um so, I mean, look, it didn't really work out for Okuda last year who went in the top three and they just don't have a great track record and they're going to really need him to step up to pair with Dante Jackson because the corner options aren't great for Phil Snow, who runs a lot of dime, doesn't blitz, does run a lot of zone. So it's not going to be, you know, an Okuda go out here and play a ton of man and man up with this guy. So it might be a little easier. I will say they must start fast. They, their final five, they play Atlanta at home, but then they're at Buffalo home against the Bucks, at the Saints, and then at the Bucks. So, I mean, that's brutal. If you're not close to the win total or, I mean, they better do some damage early on. And, you know, it's going to be Darnold into a new system. Do they kind of struggle early on? And if they do, the end of this schedule is is brutal. Overall, I have the schedule about league average. But um, it's whether or not you think – if you think Darnold 
is potentially a top-tier quarterback and you just needed to get out from under Gase and away from the Jets, then you're going to love Carolina this year. If you don't think that Darnold is a great quarterback, you're probably going to be lower on them. And if you think it's eh, he's just going to be Teddy Bridgewater, then uh, they're probably going to be what they were last year. Pythagorean wins last – I had the under last year. got a bit lucky. They should have won about six, six and a half games. You know, if he's just a Teddy Bridgewater again, they're going to probably win, you know, seven-ish games this year. So uh, I'm in the camp that Darnold is probably worse, and it's just just getting a change of scenery is not going to be the – be all I know to fix all of his problems. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. I mean, I think, you know, it's it's like they tried to sell us Bridgewater last year, and – then and look what happened. Like you look up and he, you know, he's four and eleven. Yeah, they, maybe they should have won five, six games, you know, six games. But I mean, Sean, where are you on this on this Panthers team? Is you know, they have some sexy guys in fantasy, obviously, McCaffrey and and Moore and Robbie Anderson, who we all, we always love to talk about. But um, you know, what do you what are your thoughts on on Sam Darnold as a potential franchise quarterback? Yeah, honestly, this this win total comes down to him. Um, there's really no evidence to suggest that he's anything but a bottom five starting quarterback. You know, if, if you think we're going to see another post Adam Gase breakout, like we saw with Ryan Tannehill, um, sure. Then bet on the over. I just don't see it happening. This offensive line should be one of the worst in the league. And we know he's struggled uh, under pressure. So I, I don't think the situation is going to be um, better than it was last year, even though, like you mentioned, this, this offense is loaded with talent, you know, Christian McCaffrey is arguably the best running back in the league. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson are top receivers. Um, they lost Curtis Samuel, but I do like, uh, you know, rookie Terrence Marshall. I think he's going to be special in this league. So they have a lot of pieces, but it can only work if Sam Darnold, you know, improves. Um, and I just don't see that. Um, to Stucky's point, the end of season schedule is brutal, but I think it helps. They play Tampa Bay week 18 because if, if the Bucks are 16 and one and they're resting all their starters, they could sneak in, you know, with an eighth win there, but I'm not betting on that by any means. So I am on the under here. I do like, it. I think seven and a half is a bit too high, especially with minus minus one ten on the under. Um, give me the under here. Yeah. And you know, you look at, you know, Sam Darnold and, and if you say it comes down to Sam Darnold, well, it's never just on the quarterback when it's a quarterback like this, you know, they need everything to go well. And Oh, by the way, the Panthers are ranked bottom three in offensive line uh, by pro football focus. So you could have an improvement out of Sam Darnold and it may not mean much if the offensive line is still bad. Uh, You know, the Panthers have specialized in Christian McCaffrey, even when he was healthy. I mean, this was a a losing team for most of the tenure. I I think they made the playoffs early, but uh, I just don't see it for this team with Sam Darnold, that quarterback. I, you know, it's it's really you're like if you like what happened with Tannehill. I think that's a, more of a reason to bet the Falcons then because that's where Arthur Smith is. That's who really helped Tannehill. It wasn't just Adam Gase rooting these guys. Like, you also need somebody to fix them. And remember, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, he spent time with Joe Brady in New Orleans, and then he comes to Carolina, and they couldn't replicate, you know, what they did there. I also – this is one of those franchises that I just have questions about because, you know, Bridgewater was a guy who was vocal about – we didn't practice situational football last year enough. We didn't practice red zone enough, things like that. Like when I hear things like that, it, it just, it kind of sets off a red flag, you know, not to say they haven't corrected it this off season by all accounts they have, but it just makes me wonder what else, what other decisions 
that are suboptimal? Might they be making behind closed doors that I might not get wind of until later on when somebody, you know, outs it after the season or something like that. So uh, just not really an organization I can trust. And I just don't trust an organization that tries to sell Sam Donald as a franchise quarterback point blank period. So that this is an under for me. Uh, let's move on. Cause I, I, I don't want to make it seem like I, you know, I don't want to trash the Panthers straight up because you know, it's Do still, it. they still have some pieces, right? They have, they have some pieces. I don't want to straight disrespect them, but I mean, we see, you know, Denver tried to do it with Case Keenum and, you know, Bridgewater and Carol. Like every year you see these veteran uh, Alex Smith in, in Washington a few years ago. I mean, it just, it, it almost never works out. You know, these guys are available uh, for a reason. So the Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. Let's go to NFC West, which is a just a top, not even, I shouldn't even say top heavy, even though three teams have double digit win totals. It's just a really good, perhaps the best division in football. Uh, so uh, Sean, I'll start with you on the Seahawks. 10 and a half is the win total. Juice toward the under at minus 145. I believe this was at nine and a half earlier. And I, and I loved it there because the Seahawks have won double digit games in all but one of Russell Wilson's seasons. Now people kind of caught on. It's a little bit inflated. Uh, what do you think of the Seattle team that's supposedly going to up the tempo on offense this year? Yeah, I think it, it is a bit inflated now. But like you said, um, you know, Russell Wilson gives his team such a high floor. Um, he really did look like an MVP in the first half of last season. They started five and zero. Um, the offense was cooking, and then you know Pete Carroll went back to his conservative ways. You know that was when the defense started to play a lot better. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you know offensive coordinator Shane Waldron, um, I think should help. It's going to be a much faster tempo kind of offense where they can be balanced but have enough plays where you're going to get Wilson to throw the ball quite a bit. You know, there, there are reasons why they could take a step back. They were seven, three and one score games last year, which always seems Aren't to be they the every case. year. Like, that's I what feel, I was going to say, yeah. which always <laughs> seems to be the case with Russell Wilson. So that's something that could be sticky. 
Um, they rank third in special teams DVOA. There's a special teams mention. But at the end of the day, I think Pete Carroll, he's a great players coach. Um, but his conservative in-game play calling, I think, does hurt the team. Over the past two seasons, Seattle's ranked dead last in fourth down aggressiveness, um, which should not be the case when you have a quarterback like Russell Wilson. So I think, you know, if they don't fix that, uh, I think it caps this team's ceiling. Um, so I'm projecting them closer to a 10 and 7 team. I agree. I think the 10 and a half win total may be a bit too high. Um, but, you know, with Russell Wilson under center, if they do figure it out on offense and, you know, let him cook all season, um, this team should be really good. So I'm probably staying away. Yeah, I mean, I loved it at nine and a half because I, I yeah. think they're like, again, the floor is so high at ten and a half. I don't want to say I hate it, but I kind of hate it because, and I, you know, it's that there's not much of an edge here. You know, we were talking about tiny edges and when you jump up a win in a division this good, uh, I think that really should raise the red flag. So, um, you know, props to all the, you know, props to BetMGM and, and all the books who uh, adjusted that Seattle win total up to, to where it yeah. should be. Cause now I, you know, I don't feel good about betting on it at, at all. Exactly. And I would say if anything, bet on exactly 10 wins at six to one odds. Like it just feels like they're, they're destined to be a 10 and seven team. So Bam Jam has exact, exactly 10 wins at six to one. If anything, I'd probably bet that. Yeah. Stucks. What do you think? Uh, what do you think about the Seahawks this year? You're usually a little lower on them for pointing out those same kind of reasons that Sean mentioned, you know, the one score luck and things like that. I love the Seahawks. I love fading them. Every one of their every one of their games is decided by three points. Doesn't matter if they're favored by thirty or, or one. It'll be decided in the last thirty seconds, uh, and well, they'll come on, out on top more times than not. But I just I, this this franchise is just on a bad path. Um, I mean, there are so much money is tied up into like a few players that, and it's just it's really hurt the rest of the team. I mean, the offensive line. Yeah, you signed Gabe Jackson. It's still. Meh. And Dwayne Brown, I mean, is Dwayne Brown signed yet? I mean, they're, they're, he's still holding out, right? So the offensive line, <clears throat> how much better is it going to be? It'll be a little better. The offense is going to score. It's fine. I mean, how much better? Like, you know, the, I don't think it's a well-constructed team because, if you know, look, with Russell Wilson rookie contract, you could do a lot of things. Yeah. So you have to pay him, and that really hurt the, the defense and offensive line. But their play calling is hurt as well. So how much can Waldron help? I mean, here's a quote from – Tyler Lockett, who said, you know, who drew, they just signed it for $80 million. Well, I mean, it looks a lot like what we do in two minutes from the past six years that I've been here, but now it's more efficient in which there's a whole bunch of plays that Russ can choose from to where it's not just 15 plays like we used to have or whatever. Now you might have 40, 50 plays that he could choose from. So it, you really have to be able to understand the offense and know every single play and understand signals and understand like the terminology and all that type of stuff because it just goes beyond, hey, I just need to know two-minute offense and that's it. You got to know the whole entire offense. It's not just the 15 that we used to have. I mean, that's a sh direct shot at Schottenheimer. Um, and so, Carroll. And Carroll. Because yeah, really, I, just to, not to cut you off, I just want to say like, I learned that, you know, we, we take a lot of shots at these Seattle offensive coordinators, whether it's, Car uh, you know, Bevel, Schottenheimer. But the more you kind of go behind the scenes, you realize that this is all Carroll um, kind of overseeing this. And, you know, even, you know, Schottenheimer left. They cited, like, you know, diff philosophical differences. Schottenheimer was willing to open it up. It, it's Carroll was the, the guy that, like, now nah, we need to go back to, like, more runs and, and shit. So, yep. yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Yep. So, we'll see. Is there going to be a learning curve here? 
Maybe, but then the ceiling is maybe a lot higher. So that's something to keep in mind. It's interesting that they're in such a tough division, and I have them with the what, sixth or seventh easiest schedule. Um, oh, shit. So they, have, they do have a pretty favorable schedule. I do have major questions about the defense, though. I mean, they just they don't have anyone who can really get pressure, and that's a big problem. And then, you know, at linebacker, Bobby Wagner is still really good, but he's going he's gonna to drop off eventually. Then their biggest problem is that corner. You're going to maybe DJ Reed, who has flashed a uh, Trey Flowers, Demarius Randall. I mean, the cornerback situation is not great, which is just really tough when you're not getting a lot of pressure. So, you know, one would help the other. You know, I got to hope Carlos Dunlap has a really big year, but they're not getting a lot of pressure and your corners aren't great. That's, you know. So you're not a fan of, uh, of Witherspoon? No, I mean, I think Witherspoon's like a serviceable, you know, maybe third corner, but it's just, they don't have anyone that can shut anyone down. And it's just a, a bunch of guys that they're trying to, they think, is it going to be Randall? Is it going to be DJ Reed? Is it like Trey Brown just got hurt? They were saying he was going to start. So they don't really know who's going to step up. So they have a bunch of options, but no one that you're really in love with. Yeah, I mean, I project their win total at 9.7, but it's, it's so I have a 10 and a half. I didn't even know it was 10 and a half. I didn't even see that. I thought that was with juice, it was right around 9.8. So I thought I was fair at 9.7. I would lean under a 10 and a, 10 and a half if it's, you know, close to you the money but i don't care i don't want to bet their window i'd rather bet them on a week-to-week basis curious to see what happens with their offensive coordinator because i know that all their games are going to come down to the wire so it's a really easy team for me to bet maybe it'll change this year but it's a team that can come back from any deficit it's a team that once they get a lead they can let anyone back in because they don't have corners they don't get a pass or something they start to play really conservative there's a reason for they're in a lot of close games um they're gonna be in a lot of shootouts i expect once again We'll see how much Waldron can do. I mean, it sounds promising, but I mean, a lot of times new offensive coordinator hires always do sound promising. There's only one way you can get with the play calling, and that's better. Um, but it's a pass for me. Seattle's purely a week to week bet for me. Yeah, there's, there's no value here. Uh, it's given this division, and Carroll's still there. I mean, Russell, Will, the reason they're always winning these and getting into these close games is because, like you mentioned, Carroll wants to get conservative. I think he hampers his play callers. And it's hard to argue because he has a track record of success. And so it's one of those tough situations where it's like, you know, they keep doing what they're doing and they keep getting bailed out, but they're just, you know, now with the win total going over double digits, I I would stay away. I think the time to get it was when it was still at nine and a half. Then, then you had some value there. Then you could take advantage of that high floor. Um, Now you're just in a, it's, it's just a, a tough division uh, we have the rams they are at 10 and a half as well with the under juice to minus 150 so treating it more like a, a 10 win team but uh, a, yet another quality football team in this nfc west uh stuck what do you think of the the rams with matthew stafford taking over for jared goff because that's going to give sean McVay a lot of options and the defense should still be pretty solid right yeah. Um, another thing to keep in mind, by the way, speaking of Sean McVay, is he, he, when he faces Seattle, he knows how to attack them. That yep. defense, Pete Carroll's just stuck in his way, in his ways. Yeah. Cover three. By the way, it helped to have a legion of boom when you had, when you're running your cover three, but there was Pete Carroll tree defenses all over and teams have learned how to attack it. He, they're starting to play some other schemes, but um, that's another reason why Seattle just, they're not, I don't really think that they're evolving with the rest of the league. Uh, Los Angeles, look, they went from, Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford, it's a huge upgrade. Um, I think that the offense is going to be really good. I, think, I mean, the problem is their running backs keep getting hurt. So that's something to keep in mind. But They got I think Sony. They just got, they just got Sony Michelle. Yeah, they just signed Sony Michelle. Um, I don't know if that's a 
a wow, but um, you guys can tell me that from a fantasy perspective. Um, I thought they were going to end up signing Todd Gurley again after all. Oh, the, that would have been uh, that would have been injury. worrisome. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think the offense is going to be good. That the interior offensive line I still have some questions about, but I think the offensive line will be okay. And Stafford finally gets you know a complete team. He gets a, a defense. A defense will take a step back. Uh, you know, they did lose some key pieces in the secondary. You know, you lose Brockers, who I think was pretty important to that defense. But you still have Aaron Donald. You still have Jalen Ramsey. You know, you're going to have a, a new defensive coordinator. Still think it's going to be a good defense. It's not going to be an elite, you know, number one in the league. Still maybe, you know, top five ceiling, um, you know, because you have two of the best defenders in the NFL. But you lost some talent that you'll have to replace. You know, but the defense will be good. Stafford finally has a defense. He finally has, you know, competent special team. Like these are things that he didn't have forever in Detroit. I mean, he always had the worst defenses, the worst special teams. So uh, I'm I'm high on the Rams. I have them projected for 10.2 wins. Um, their win total. You know, still, that's still kind of right in line with it, given the juice. It's of the 10.1. 10 and a half. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know they have a fairly 19th hardest schedule. So even in that division, it's not a, not a terrible schedule. I love the upside of the Rams. Um, if it all clicks with Stafford to go with that defense, this is a team that could win the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm excited to watch what Stafford and McVay can do together. Defense will take a step back. Offense will take a step forward. It'll probably be, you know, a similar team to what we saw last year, but the ceiling will be higher because they have a quarterback that can go win games in the playoffs. Yeah. It's one of those situations that uh, I think probably better to take some upside shots on the Rams because it's one of those things where because the floor is so high, it makes the ceiling high because Sean McVay in his four seasons as the Rams head coach, uh, 11 and five, 13 and three, then he missed the playoffs, but still went nine and seven. Uh, and then 10 and six. So never had a losing record, uh, double digit wins in the 16 game schedule in three of the four years. That's with Goff. That's with a declining girly for some of it. Uh, there's a, there's, there's a good ceiling here, Sean. Uh, how are you feeling about these Los Angeles Rams heading into this year? Yeah. So I think Matthew Stafford's going to make this offense uh, much better. You know, McVay's going to be more comfortable throwing the ball downfield. We saw that um, with them adding Deshaun Jackson, drafting Tutu Atwell. So I think it's going to help expand this offense. Um, you know, the defense could take a step back. They lost uh, Brandon Staley, but they added Raheem Morris, who, uh, Reba, I think you pointed out um, back in 2019, he was kind of the, the secret guy behind their uh, comeback towards the end of the season. So he, he should still be fine. Um, they had the second best injury luck last year. Um, unlike the Buccaneers, I think they're, they're a team that could struggle if, if they start to have to test their depth. We're already starting to see it with, Cam Akers going down, uh, Daryl Henderson's now hurt, so they had to add uh, Sonny Michelle. So, um, on especially on that defensive side of the ball, if either Jalen Ramsey or Aaron Donald were to miss time, you know that's going to be a huge blow uh, to this team. So, if anything, um, I'd lean towards the under ten and a half, but the the minus one fifty juice is too much to actually make the bet. But if if I had to bet. Uh, either way here, it'd be the under. And there's just no margin for error with these with, with yeah. these bets when all these teams are right at like 10, 10 and a half in a, in a good division where we kind of understand their upside. Uh, I think with the Rams, you, you're probably taking a shot at 
you know, the division straight up, maybe you take a shot at, uh, you know, the Super Bowl if or the conference, if you really uh, like the Rams, you know, Tom Brady still does lose about 53% of the time uh, in, in terms of the conference. So maybe there's, there's perhaps a chance uh, for another team to advance, but uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not touching that over for the Rams, even though I love them. Uh, I think you, I, I'd go division, I'd go conference. Uh, I just, you know, it's going to be, you could see, you could see like three teams finish 10 and seven in this division. And we haven't even gotten to the Cardinals yet, but uh, let's talk about the Niners. Talk about a Super Bowl hangover. Uh, They struggled with injury luck. The schedule got tougher last year and it was a disappointing season. Now still have some question marks because Will Trey Lance actually be the starting quarterback? Is he going to be more like a, a, pa- a package guy like the Lamar Jackson for much of the year? Um, like Lamar was in his first year. Will the defense rebound? I mean, Sean, we saw the Niners the other day. We saw the first team. They went on what? It was like a 15-play drive on offense, ended with a pick. But, I mean, this team, I all, they're another one with some upside here, but how are you attacking them from a win total perspective with the, with the total at 10 and a half at MGM? Yeah, actually, I, I do like the over here. I think there's uh, reasons to be bullish on the Niners this year. You know, they, they had the worst injury luck last year uh, by far. Uh, they had the third toughest schedule and now they have the fifth easiest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that goes in their favor. You know, all eyes are on the Trey Lance, Jimmy G situation, but th- this isn't like uh, Chicago where I think it's a slam dunk that Fields is the better quarterback. You know, Jimmy G is still a quality starting quarterback, so they can take their time with Trey Lance. I think they won't start him until I, you know, they think he will be more favored to win games. So I think this is a team with a very high floor and high ceiling now. Whereas in the past, if Jimmy G went down, which he's every year, he kind of missed some time. They had Nick Mullins behind him. Um, And it's kind of a miracle that they were able to be competitive with him under center. If you've watched some of these Eagles preseason games, with Nick, he's terrible. He he looks like the worst quarterback I've ever seen. So yeah, right. He's right. He's right behind Joe Flacco. So it it can get ugly there. If they they can't make it. (laughs) Yeah. It it just goes to show that, you know, Kyle Shanahan deserves some credit for making him look like a competent um, starter. So this is a team I I do like, I think that all the things that I pointed out that the luck's going to, Turn their way this year. So with the Jimmy G and Trey Lance combo, it gives them a high floor ceiling. I love the uh, over 10 and a half at plus 115 this year. Doug, what about you? Yeah, I actually have, believe it or not, I have the 49ers with the easiest schedule in the NFL this year, which is mm-hmm. crazy with, you know, considering the division they're in. Um, yeah, I mean, look, this defense, it actually graded out well, which is shocking considering how many injuries they had to deal with. That's only going to pay off this year with their depth. I mean, the depth is still a little concerning at corner, um, but everywhere else, I mean, they should be set on the defensive side of the ball. On offense, look, you have four former first-rounders on the offensive line. I love their weapons on the outside. Their backfield is loaded. I mean, yeah, if I, I just run out of – we would run out of time to list all the potential backs that can get run in Shanahan's offense. And now, you know, when you have Trey Letts, I think he's eventually going to be the starter. I think he's a perfect fit for what Shanahan wants to do. But, you know, if the – doesn't work or it takes longer. You have Jimmy G who limits your ceiling, but he can win games. I mean, he can win a, a bunch of games with, with the 49ers. I have them projected to be favored in all but two games. And actually I should say all but three at, at Arizona. I basically have as a, I have them slightly favored, but it's basically a pick at Seattle. I have close to a, a pick, but 
I have Seattle favored slightly. And then season finale at the Rams. And that game could turn into a 49ers home game, you know, so that's it. Um, I have them favored every other game. It's a really easy schedule. I think that this is a team that I like the over as well. I haven't projected at 10 point. What, what is their win total sitting at right now? It's 10 and a half with the juice to the under at minus 140. So it's another one that's closer to kind of in that 10 to 10 and a half dead, yeah. dead zone. I project around 10 and a half. What, how, I played, how I played this, I laid minus 200 that the 49ers would make the playoffs. Like I'm very confident that they're going to get the 10 wins at least. It's a very weak NFC. I mean, you could potentially have every team in this division make the playoffs. Um, you know, if you just say, look, the Bucks run away with their division, the Cowboys run away with their division, the Packers, and then there's not a lot of spots left. There's a lot of teams that are have a lot of questions. The 49ers aren't one of them. Injury luck should break their way. Depth is better. They have now two quarterbacks. So even with a quarterback injury, you feel a lot better than you do for a lot of teams. So that's, I think, is – is, is really beneficial as well. So it's not like, you know, Brady goes down. It's who, who is it? Gabbert playing Gabbert's all of a sudden your quarterback and the drop-off is massive. If Jimmy G goes down or Trey Lance goes down, there's not much of a, a, a drop-off here from a power ratings perspective. So I love that as well. So the floor is really high, especially with two quarterbacks that you would feel comfortable with. So I laid, since I don't show a ton of value in the number over, I would lean over, um, but I just laid 200 that they'll make the playoffs. You know what I think we're going to – what I'm looking forward to, and I think we may figure out just how real San Francisco is, especially on the defensive side, because I think that's really what they need to get back to. I think that offense is going to be straight if it's healthy. I mean, they were missing Kittle last year. Samuel missed the start of the year. Jimmy G obviously went down. Jimmy G is 22-8 and eight in the regular season as a starter with the Niners. Um, he'll be fine, even if they need to start him all 17 games. And and then that just opens up the offense even more because you got Trey Lance coming in in sub packages. You still got Juice Check, uh, one of the best blocking you know assets, even though he gets a lot of money. Some people don't like it, but uh, still a, an asset for this team. Uh, but on defense, they play Green Bay at home in week three. Remember how they Aaron Rodgers couldn't figure him out. They, they just punched him in the mouth. Uh, in the regular season two years ago, and then they all the time to prepare, all the talk about it, and they did the exact same thing in the postseason. Uh, you know, Robert Sowey is gone. So that's the one thing you say, okay, D'Amico Ryans is the coordinator now, but the talent is still there. Um, you know, if they can handle uh, or stymie Rodgers, who's been playing out of his mind pretty much outside of that, ever since that San Francisco defeat, you know, that's when I think we'll know, like, oh, yeah, this team has that same kind of upside that they had because – um, yeah, I really like San Francisco, too. If I had to pick one of the three double-digit win totals from this division for an over, I would go San Francisco at this point just because I think the value's been out of Seattle. I think the Rams, there's still a little bit more question marks, maybe some injuries. Uh, I think San Francisco, just the schedule, the talent, the coaching, prime for a bounce back. So uh, like you, you them, like them as well. You mentioned Robert Sala. He – Look, I think the 49ers finished in top five in efficiency on defense, or top, mm-hmm. top ten at least. And they had, they had their whole defense was out for all year. Right. I mean, their secondary was – I mean, it was a, a job well done. Compare him to what Pete Carroll – Robert Sal is a Pete Carroll tree guy, right? Cover three. He uh, – his the first couple of years in San Fernando didn't work. He evolved. He, ran, he started to run more cover two, more traditional cover two on the back, not just cover three all the time. And – it worked. And now he's a head coach. So he's evolving 
with the NFL and changing his schemes. And Carroll needs to, to do that more. But I, I, that's, I was really impressed with what Sal did. It is a question to see, you know, what is the transition from him to D'Amico Ryan's? I don't think it, much will change, but from an adjustment uh, standpoint, it, it is something to monitor. But I, I really love this team. They're just the floor is so high. And you kind of figure that they need some, like they're kind of on their way to some positive uh, reversion to the mean because Kyle Shanahan, another coach that I, I think relatively highly of, Kyle Shanahan has coached four seasons as a head coach in the NFL. He's won more than six games only once. That, that 13 and three year they went to the Super Bowl. He's went six and 10, four and 12, and six and 10 the other three years. Uh, I, I think he's too good of a coach to continue to have that kind of track record. So, uh, I would bet on the Niners having a, a very good season as well. Uh, let's finish it up with Arizona because Arizona is the only team in this division that doesn't have a double-digit win total. It's at eight and a half. They're projected essentially as a, a 500 team uh, at BetMGM. The under is due slightly, you know, to minus 115. The over is at minus 105. So we have a pretty even Steven 500 squad, Stucky. Uh, what are your thoughts on Kyler, Cliff, and these Arizona Cardinals? Well, I hate Cliff Kingsbury. You know that. Uh, <laughs> I knew it. So knew you were going to teach you up for that one. <laughs> I project them just over eight wins, so there's not not a ton of value. But I did, I did. Maybe this is a, a hate bet, but I did bet the Cardinals to finish in fourth in this division, plus one twenty or something. Very small, just a hate bet of Kingsbury. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I don't know. Look, Kyler Murray. We'll see if he could take another step forward. You know, they improved the offensive line. They went out and got Hudson at center. But I don't know what they're doing with this roster overall. I mean, they have good young linebackers. How far does that really go? They, they got rid of Peterson, which I agreed with, you know, his age and drop-off. But then they bring in Malcolm Butler. I mean, they bring in A.J. Green. They have J.J. Watt. Like, they're just bring, they're going back and they're hoping this is five years ago. Uh, so I have a lot of questions about the corner group in particular, the play calling, just how this team is run. They're in a really tough division. So I love watching Kyler Murray, but I think this is clearly the worst team in the division. I project them at 8.2 wins. So I don't really see any value in it, but um, I did throw just a few uh, pesos on them to finish in last in the division for shits and giggles. So I can laugh at, at Mr. Kingsbury who, uh, He's never won, really won, wherever he's been. <laughs> yeah, I, there is your, uh, you know, scheduled Cliff Kingsbury bashing from Stuck. Sean, how are you feeling about Kingsbury and, and Kyler and these guys? Yeah, so I think um, they're going to go over if Kyler Murray takes a pretty big year three leap. Um, he has room to grow as a passer, um, so there, there's a lot of upside there. But, yeah, I agree with Stucky. I think it does come down to Cliff Kingsbury making a year three leap himself. Um, I, I would like to see him get more creative with how he uses DeAndre Hopkins, you know, move him around the formation a bit, create mismatches. I, I think, you know, A.J. Green looked washed last year, but earlier reports out of camp are saying that he looks fine. So, um, you know, with him and Rondale Moore, I, I'm excited about him. Uh, they could be good. I think Christian Kirk will have his best season yet, uh, lining up in the slot potentially. That's that's his natural position. So th- this team, this offense has a high ceiling. They could hit it this year. Um, same thing with Greg the- Dorch too. Greg Dorch is my guy, and he's on the roster, <laughs> and he's impressing in camp. I'm so happy he has a spot. Him and Rondo Moore are like my favorite college players. So I oh, hate to hate. Yeah. The, the, so he's going to be like the, the Farrell Cooper role this year. He's going to be like the the the, the special team. Wide receiver who who Dorch Dorch yeah yeah Dorch is uh, 
he was he had three three good punt returns uh, against Dallas, and uh, he's he's going to be doing I think a lot of special team stuff for him, and he's exci- he's an exciting young player. So, so he's gonna, I mean, he's going to be the reason that uh, Andy Isabella gets cutter is just a scratch every week, essentially. Potentially, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the, the offense has a high ceiling, uh, defense has a high ceiling as well. You know, JJ Watt and Chandler Jones could be interesting if both stay healthy, obviously Buda Baker is one of the game's best safeties. Um, and then, you know, Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons, they could be exciting, uh, for years to come. So there's a high ceiling there, but I think at the end of the day, they end up being average. Um, so I I'm staying away from this eight and a half win toll. I think you guys are correct. Betting sort of on the extremes for this team is probably the mm-hmm. way to go. Um, I don't think they're going to be an eight or nine team necessarily, um, but I think the total is about right. And yeah, this is just, it's such a tough division, especially because you have in Sean McVay proven winner, you know, every year he's winning 10 in pretty much nine games, but usually 10 plus uh, in, in Seattle, Russell Wilson, proven winner, even San Francisco, you know, with, even with Shanahan having, you know, the three, six win seasons, you know, Garoppolo 22 and eight as a starter, uh, Trey Lance behind him, 13 and three the year before. Easy schedule. I mean, the Cardinals have done nothing but be average. They haven't been that, that kind of proven winner that I think you need to unseat not one, not two, but three superior teams in your division. And, you know, it's not all on Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, Kyler Murray has to be accountable too, because as like as much as many fantasy numbers as he's put up, he's still never averaged more than 7.1 yards per pass attempt, raw or adjusted. So, you know, Kyler Murray as a passer hasn't been great. I don't think A.J. Green and his five-point-nothing yards per target is going to help that at all. And the Cardinals, I mean, it's like, why did they get A.J. Green? Because they had a lot of luck getting DeAndre Hopkins. Well, they, But they can't draft receivers. You know, Cliff Kingsbury can't draft receivers, and he's trying to run this spread offense. Like, you know, they, they Hakeem Butler out of the league. Uh, you know, Isabella, pr- probably a scratch or, or gets cut. Keyshawn Johnson, usually a scratch unless the, the t- guys are injured ahead of him. I mean, so I'm, I'm hoping Rondale Moore is, you know, is a, is a step up from those guys. But he, he's a guy, you know, they might throw to him like negative two yards behind the line of scrimmage 50 times. And I don't know, you know, this offense tend to move sideways at times. And when you have like Russell Wilson, the best deep ball thrower, you have Matthew Stafford in a loaded Rams offense, and you have the Niners with the with the complete team that they have. I, I don't really see how you bet on this team other than maybe a long shot like division odds, but I I'd, I'd still go under for this team just because they haven't they haven't proven anything to me, um, you know, in these two years except that they're mediocre and it, Kyler's exciting and you know you love to have him in fantasy, but I, I see what's nothing to hang my hat on with this team. What's Kingsbury on the aggressive index? Do you have, do you have that? I think you're right. I, I can it. pull it up. Ugh. I also hate how conservative he is at times. You would think that he's like this young, you know, gunslinging coach, and like he'll settle for way too many field goals, get way too conservative in the red zone. I would he's, imagine he's, he's, he's the cover boy on the Football Outsiders article for the aggressive index. He was number one. He was the most aggressive coach in 2020. Wow. What about 2019? Does it say? I'm shocked uh, by that. I, I can I can Google it. I'm sure it was a turn like it was a turnaround because I do remember him not being. I gotta give credit to Kingsbury then. I can't believe it. Nah, you don't. Wait a minute first. 
<laughs> I mean, he must have went for it a lot on fourth down last year. Matt's going to end up. I wish I, Matt's going to end up cutting this because he hates Kingsbury. He can't have any credit. Be oh well, well I'm I'm kind of shitting on him, so he might leave it in there. Uh, in 2019, Kingsbury was. They have a weird table in 2019. They only have 15 coaches. He was eighth, so he wasn't. He was never. Super. I mean, it's but I mean, it's a tough. It, it's also how much stock do you put into the aggressiveness index? You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's just one metric. Um, I, I tend to agree with you. I think I would say the decision making hasn't always been the best. I wouldn't like. I just it's more so that I just don't think he has given them the edge that we thought hiring a coach of his profile. You know, young guy. You know, outside the box thinker he hasn't really given him an edge. Like, it's not like he's been terrible. Like, Oh my God, he should get fired. It's just that he hasn't given him an edge. And to an extent, the same thing's kind of true for Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has put up tons of highlight plays. He's looked excellent at times. He's given you loads of fantasy points almost every time he's out there. But at the end of the day, he's 13 and 18 as a starter. Uh, He's never averaged even the league average number in yards per attempt. Uh, The offense tends to go sideways a lot at, at times. I mean, there's just, I, I just, they're going to have to prove it to me before I start betting on them in, in any type of future. Um, so it's strictly a week, week to week bet. And I, I, I could see myself still fading them because I think they're a little overrated. So there you go, Matt. The cliff, the cliff excuse me, Kingsbury slander. Uh, let's wrap it up with our best bets for the NFC South and the NFC West. Sean, I'll start with you. Um, so my favorite bet for the under is the Saints to go under their eight and a half win total at plus 125. You know, they should still have a solid offensive line, defense, running game, but there's serious question marks at quarterback and wide receiver now that Michael Thomas should miss a significant portion of the first half of the season. Um, And you can't move on from a first ballot Hall of Famer and not see a downturn um, as an organization. So I think this team could struggle to finish above 500. That's why I like the under eight and a half at plus 125. And then for the over, I I like the 49ers to go over 10 and a half wins at plus 115. Last year, they had the worst injury luck. They had the third toughest schedule. Um, Now they have the fifth easiest schedule. And I think the, the quarterback combo of Jimmy G and Trey Lance, however that sorts out, I think gives them a really high floor and high ceiling this year. So I love the over 10 and a half at plus 115. Yeah, I'm going to go look for unders. I don't really love any unders in the two divisions that we covered. If, you know, I'd, I'd see some value on the Seattle under, but like I said before, I'd rather just bet them on a week to week basis. If you want to join me on an under, I did bet Cardinals to finish fourth in the division. I think that's the way to play it. Come join me. We'll have fun making fun of Kingsbury on a week-to-week basis in the tough division. My favorite bet of all is not necessarily an over, but it does uh, coincide with what Kerner said, and that's the 49ers to make the playoffs minus 200. I know it's chalky, but this is a team that should be much better this year just from a pure injury luck perspective. The floor is extremely high. I actually have them with the easiest schedule in the NFL per my power ratings. The only games I don't have them favored in at Seattle, barely. And then in the season finale at the Rams, and that could turn into a San Francisco home game. So this is a team with a a very easy schedule, former first rounders on the offensive line. I love the weapons that they have deep stable back Shanahan calm plays. And now you have a second quarterback who, you know, increases your ceiling, 
but it also increases your floor because if there's an injury, you know, you have to go Lance or Jimmy G who can still win games. And look, it's a pretty weak NFC. There's a chance that every team from the NFC West ends up going to the playoffs, but you know, you could see the Bucks running away with their division, the Packers with theirs. And then, you know, the Cowboys in the NFC East, you know, it's not a really deep NFC. So I just don't see any way, you know, barring disaster from an injury perspective or just terrible luck that San Fran doesn't get to nine, 10 wins and it doesn't at least get a wild card. So, you know, with their floor being so high, I think there's value on San Fran to make the playoffs minus 200. I like it. I'm going to take a, a similar page out of your book. And for the over, instead of betting on one of the three teams in the NFC West who all have double digit win totals or the Bucks ridiculously high 12 and a half win total, I'm going Bucks to win the NFC at three to one. That implies a 25% chance of them winning the NFC. Tom Brady has won his conference in 10 of his 21 years as a professional quarterback. That's a 47% rate, uh, nearly double what the odds are implying. So I love the Bucks to run it back and do it again. They have all the continuity necessary to make that happen, plus a much easier schedule than they had when they won it a year ago. And for my favorite under, it's got to be the Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold's won... Uh, only half as many games as he's lost in his career. Uh, he's 13 and 25 as a starter. This team has a bottom three O-line ranked by PFF. Uh, I think the Saints will still be competent enough to potentially sweep the, the Panthers. And I think the Falcons, uh, even though I'm low on them, I think the Falcons with Arthur Smith, with Matt Ryan, they have the advantage in two key spots, head coach and quarterback. Uh, I think it's possible that the Falcons sweep them as well. And, and, and obviously, uh, then you're looking at the the you know the Bucks and and you're trying to pick up those wins uh, against other guy, people on the schedule. I just don't see it happening for this Panthers team, uh, middling team at best. But I think it's going to be a losing team, uh, as has Sam Darnold been all, in all but one year uh, of his career. So Panthers under seven and a half, Bucks three to one to win the NFC uh, are my best bets, and that is going to do it. Wait, we it. I gotta say, Darnold. We got a lot of Darnold and Kingsbury slander in here. We're in mid-season oh, yeah. form. <laughs> oh yeah. Just wait till uh, Josh Allen gets hurt, and we have to, you know, get get Mitch Trubisky for a game or two. Then you can really go in. He's elite now. Nagy was the problem. <laughs> remember? Oh man. Yeah, man. We, I mean, and for everybody out there, uh, Stuck and I will be doing a six-pack episode just as we've always been doing it. So uh, so look out for that, and we hope you enjoyed these win total episodes. If you haven't heard the others, uh, we have three other ones, two on the AFC and another uh, on the NFC East and the NFC North, so go check those out. Uh, and, of course, you can check uh, out the Fantasy Flex Pods if you're into that with uh, Kerner, myself, Samantha Praviti, uh, and, uh, and a bunch of great guests uh, over there on the Fantasy Flex podcast feed. Uh, you can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find Stuck at Stucky2. And you can find me at Chris Raybon. You can also follow our bets at those same handles in the award-winning Action Network app. And be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for all of our NFL fantasy and betting content. Until next time, let's get this money. <laughs> <laughs>